Hey everyone, welcome to Almost Hired, the show about all things related to hiring and getting hired. I'm your host, Jackie Ducci, and we're doing something a little different today, going outside the normal format. And I have my friend and business partner, Alexis, with me. Hey, Lex. Hey, thank you so much for having me on today. Yeah, it's going to be so much fun. So we decided that it might be kind of fun to just answer listener questions because we've been getting some submissions online and just thought it'd be something fun and different. So it'll be a shorter episode today, but just going to bat around uh, some of your questions. So yeah. So thanks for doing this, Lex. (laughs) No problem. Happy to help. All right. So let's start with this one comes from his name is James and he lives in Chicago. So he wrote to us that um, here, I'll just read it. He said, I'm interviewing for a summer job with the Chicago Cubs. It's a ground crew position. I'm really excited about this opportunity and I want to do everything I can to make a great impression. Should I wear a suit to the interview or nice pants and a shirt or something else? So what are your thoughts, Lex, on dressing for a job like that? Yes. No, that's a great question. And I think some of the best advice we could give here is to dress for the position you're applying for. Um, What would you wear on a daily basis for that role? And in a position like that, it would probably be something along the lines of khakis and a golf shirt. But, you know, I definitely don't think that you would need to wear a full suit and tie type of attire for it. You'd want to wear something that's appropriate for the role that you would be in day in and day out to show how you would be arriving to the workplace every single day when you're there. I completely agree. And it reminds me of a story from years ago. There was an IT position that we were filling and it was like kind of a laid back company and the IT people were really laid back. Like they would wear polos and stuff. And I remember the client calling after one of our candidates went in, he had worn a suit and I don't know why he had done that. I guess he thought it was you know the right thing to do. And the client was like, oh, he's so nice and he's so qualified, but he just doesn't look like an IT person. <laughs> and we were like, um, what does that mean? And we realized he way overdressed. Um, and he just looked like way too corporate. And so just visually it made a difference. So that's something people really need to think about. Like what environment are they going into? Definitely, because it can create a disconnect that might not be there normally. And, you know, you're not only going to interview for your skills and experience and things of that nature, but also your personality fit and how you present um, definitely affects that a little bit. So, you know, you want to make sure that you're presenting yourself in a way that looks like you're going to fit with that company and the culture and the environment. And part of that is the attire that you wear to it. Totally. I completely agree. Um, Yeah. Dress as if you're already in the job. You can't go wrong. No, that's a great way to put it. Yeah. Okay, good. So that's that one. Um, Next, we're going to answer one. This was from someone named Erin. She is from West Palm Beach, Florida. So Erin writes to us, I would like to know more about appropriate follow-up during the interview process. I'm applying for positions now, but I never know how often to check in, when, and so on. I don't want to be annoying, but I also want to know what's going on. Can you give me any advice? What are your thoughts on that one? Yes, that one can always be tricky, and I know a lot of people definitely struggle with that one. Um, 
you know, it's great that she's even thinking about follow up because on the other end, there's the people who don't even follow up. And then it seems like they have no interest whatsoever. Good point. But for Aaron, I would definitely say that, you know, anytime that you have met with somebody, you definitely want to follow up promptly with a thank you for your time and also make sure in those follow-ups, you're including something specific from that interview, something that you discussed to show that you really were listening and intrigued and to show your interest. Um, you know, it makes it more meaningful. It doesn't look like it's just a generic thank you for your time that you're sending out to many other employers. It really shows that, you know, this is specific for that person that you met with. Um, You also want to make sure that you're sending one out to everybody that you met with and you will possibly have different conversations if you're having individual interviews with each of them versus, you know, like a roundtable discussion. Um, And you'll want to pick out pieces from each of those conversations in terms of, you know, follow up as far as, you know, say you had an interview and you're waiting on next steps, I do first always suggest that at the end of your interview, you do ask about next steps, kind of give yourself, like, try to gain an ETA in terms of when they might be reaching out again or what they're looking at in terms of next steps on their end, just to give you a good idea. And, you know, if that time that they've kind of established with you comes and goes um, at that point, I would say it would be appropriate to follow up. You know, maybe somebody says that, you know, you go in for an interview on Monday and they say they have to finish the week out with interviews. I would say sometime maybe like towards the end of the following week, it would be appropriate to follow up and just ask, you know, if there are any updates and um, you know, what those next steps might be, or if they still need more time. Um, but you know, you definitely want to give them some buffer time as well, because you don't know what's going on on the other end and how many people are involved and have they had their communication on their end first. So you don't want to be constantly following up with them every single day and harassing them, but you also want to make sure that you're still being timely enough to show that the interest is still there. Yeah, completely agree. I think the point about asking for timelines is key. Mm -hmm. You know, like I would always encourage people at the end of an interview to just say, Hey, when can I expect to hear from you? And if they say it's two weeks, like they can, the candidate can actually say, okay, if I don't hear from you within two weeks, is it okay to follow up? And of course they're going to say yes. So you've already given yourself permission almost, or they've given it to you to, you know, reach back in and then hopefully they get back to you first. But if they don't, you kind of have that note on your calendar that that's okay. And they've already told you to do it. So definitely. Yeah. And it then it kind of takes some of the pressure off of, you know, wondering if it's okay to reach out or not. You've already kind of established that that's something that you might be doing if you haven't heard within a certain amount of time. So right, for sure. Yeah, I think the enthusiasm piece is so important. We talk about this all the time, you know, you have to convey that you're interested, that you want it. So you need to be kind of checking in, but there is a fine line between showing that you're interested and either seeming desperate or seeming annoying. So you don't want to go over the top either. It's, I know it's a fine line, but yeah, no, you definitely don't want to show desperation or just annoyingness in general. because That will definitely not favor you. And I think the key is it's like, okay, if they want you, you're going to know, you know what I mean? Like if you're a front runner, like there's going to be communication. So yeah, for sure. Like 
<laughs> we do our dating analogies on every episode, but it's the same kind of thing. It's like, if the guy's into you, you're going to know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So yeah, that's the other key is like, if you feel like you're just pulling teeth and you're just not getting anything back, it either means they're not that into you, or it means there is something else going on that's affecting the process that might have nothing to do with you. But you sending another email at that point is not going to make things move any quicker. So no, nope. Sometimes things are just out of people's control. And, you know, like I said, you just don't always know what the employer has going on on their end, you know, maybe some emergency process came up, you know, you just you just don't know. So it's better to kind of make sure you're showing the interest, but not going overboard on it either. It's like, do what you can do and then let it go and let them come to you. Exactly. Okay. Good question though. Yeah. Very good question. And that's one that comes up a lot, actually. It does. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And then our third one is actually about references. I love this one. So this is from Taylor. She's from Bethesda, Maryland, just outside DC. Um, So Taylor says, I've just graduated from college and I'm applying for my first real job. Um, I'm being asked for references and I'm not sure who to include since I do not have much work experience. What do you recommend? All right. So that is another great question. You know, when you don't have a ton of work experience behind you, it would be best to include either people from maybe a volunteer experience that you've had, an internship experience. It could even be a advisor or maybe one of your teachers, um, maybe one of your peers that you worked with in school on a, say, a large project or something. If you can, it would be best to include a former supervisor or somebody who has either mentored you or just anybody who's been above you and kind of given you guidance or leadership. That's always the best type of reference to include because people will want to know how you were as an employee um, and basically how you handled training and criticism and just improvements throughout your employment. Also make sure you always include multiple forms of contact if possible. Don't just only include an email address or only include a phone number. Um, The more pieces of contact that you have for a person, the easier it is for that person who's reaching out to obtain that reference um, to actually get in touch with that person. I don't know, Jackie, what else do you have to include? Um, Let's see. I, summer jobs. That's another thing people can think about. They don't always think to put down a reference from a summer job, but that's better than, you know, a personal reference or something like that. I mean, I feel like using a character reference or something entirely personal, you can do that, but it's really a last resort. It's kind of like, unless they ask for a character reference. Yeah. So I think you have to really, like, even if you haven't ever been employed full time, like you had to have done something, I hope along the way. Right. (laughs) So like, Anything. I mean, just any anything that you were paid to do like counts as a job. And so, I mean, people have more experience than they think. So you got to just really get a little creative sometimes. But the internship thing is huge. People don't always think to use a contact from their internship. And that's an easy thing to do. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, an internship or, you know, even if you did volunteer, you know, whoever was kind of guiding you through that volunteer experience, there's still someone who technically was a boss to you at that time, you know, or even a coach, you know, may say you were the captain of a team, but you still had a coach. That coach might be able to speak to, you know, how were you at leading that team, you know, and making sure that everybody else was kind of 
stepping up to the plate and just how did you bring the team together? I mean, there's so many different skills that come from things like that, that you don't even think of, but you know, someone like that would be able to speak to those qualities. Yeah. And those qualities translate into the workplace too. Absolutely. For sure. Definitely. We've had a lot of clients that want entry-level kids that have leadership or sports experience because, I mean, they're great qualities that apply to sales and many different things. So, yeah, no, they definitely are. Absolutely. So, you know, I mean, even different clubs that you might be part of, maybe there's still somebody who is, you know, above you in those who could still find qualities that translate to work experience. You know, you really... If you really truly haven't had a job, you just kind of have to think outside the box. But I'm sure that, you know, you'd be able to think of someone through something. So definitely. And then also the only other thing I would add on this, people, when you put names on your reference list, make sure that you're asking permission to use them and like (laughs) give these people a heads up that they're going to get phone calls. I can't believe like how many times do we do reference checks? And they're like, oh, I didn't even know that so-and-so put me down. It's like, really? I know. And they're completely caught off guard. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You definitely want them to know um, and receive their permission. And also make sure you're including people that are going to give you a positive reference. (laughs) You know, imagine that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, we've definitely called references and, you know, they have not had the greatest things to say about some of their employees. So think about who you are actually adding on there because you do want to include someone who's going to show you in the best possible light. That's the way you're going to be able to receive those positive references to then hopefully obtain the position you're looking for. And make sure the people that you're putting on there, not only that they're going to give you positive feedback, but also they're going to be timely in their response too. You know, if the person who's checking the reference has to call multiple times or, you know, they just literally never can get a hold of them, well, then that it wasn't even worth your time using them as a reference. So, you know, make sure that you're putting someone on there who is definitely going to be prompt with their response to the hiring manager or whoever's checking them. Yeah. I think the rule of thumb is if you have to even question for a second, if someone Mm -hmm. is going to say great things about you and will recommend you enthusiastically and want to give the reference, don't put them down. Because if if you're having to question it, like probably it's not good. (laughs) Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. You need to know it's going to be a hundred percent reliable in all aspects. So for sure. Yeah. And if you're not sure, then Don't even bother. (laughs) This is not the time to gamble. (laughs) No, not at all. (laughs) I mean, we've actually seen references make or break offers. Oh, absolutely. By that point, you're like so close to the offer stage. I mean, it could be between you and one other person and then somebody gets a bad reference and then that's the tiebreaker. Exactly. Yeah. Or even, you know, they might even say something that could just kind of set off a red flag, or maybe even speak to a red flag that might already kind of be there. And then it's like, okay, we have our answer not moving forward. So you really have to pay attention and think really hard about who you're putting on there. Yeah, for sure. And I think references want to be honest, because it's their reputation. Like they don't want to say nice things about somebody they know is going to go screw up at their job, because then it's like, well, (laughs) you don't look great when you're the person who's like, oh, yes, this candidate's amazing. (laughs) And they're not. And then they show up and they're not at all. And it's, you know, then your judgment starts to be questioned as the person who provided the reference. So (laughs) definitely. Yeah. Yeah. No, be very careful about that one. (laughs) Agreed. Okay, good. Well, this was excellent. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, no, I mean, they had really great questions. Thank you guys for submitting those to us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, I think we'll do more of this. I like it. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, no, that was great. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you all enjoyed the new format as much as Alexis and I did. We will definitely do this again. If you enjoyed the advice that we gave today, if we can help you in any way, we are offering coaching services now to candidates just like you, anybody out there navigating a job search, needing some support, we can help you. And we have all sorts of options for how to do that. So please reach out to us if you're interested in hearing more. We can set up an initial consult completely free. All you need to do is go to our website, www.ducciassociates.com. That's D-U-C-C-I associates.com. Just click contact in the main menu and then there's a form there you can fill out and we will get back to you right away. So we look forward to hearing from you and helping you land that dream job. Thanks again for listening to the podcast and have a wonderful day.